So if you could be here around nine, that would be great. Okay. Well, listen here. Hello, and welcome to Love After Lockup. Ha ha. Okay. I'm Mr. O, and today Miss H and I will be discussing season four, episode ten of Love After Lockup. This week, Ray finally meets some of Brittany's family. Jeff trades blows with Kyle. Rachel does not mess around with Doug's cheating. Josh turns on the charm with a scavenger hunt. Deontay gives Nicole Jr. a very weird send-off, and Lisa's brother Rick scares the pants off of Stan. Since this is our last episode of the season, we'll end with our power rankings of the cast. If you like what you hear, please support us and give us a rating, or send us constructive feedback. If you watch 90 Day Fiance, check out our other podcast channel, 90 Day MK Teachable Moments with Miss H and Mr. O. Thanks and enjoy. Hello, Miss H. Hello, Mr. O. How are things with you? Ah, uh, things are going okay. Slow, slow Monday. Yeah, long back, Monday. Back to that uh, Monday, Monday grind. Yeah. Go through. Oh. Yeah. But at least we ended up ended up this season. Yep. So that was. I don't know if it's exciting or not. Um, like some of the some of the people, obviously, they look like they were dragging here at the finish line. They didn't really have much yeah. else to talk about. Um, and other people are coming back next next week. Right, right. And some like, how are we coming back next week? Like, yeah, it's definitely they're not this is like life after lockup. There's there's no love left for some of these groups. So let's. Right. I mean, I feel like we're kind of, um, you know, subtweeting of one per people in specifically, and that's Deontay and Nicole. So let's start yes. with them. Right. All right. Because they'll be back next week. Yes. So. Nicole wakes up and this is she's vaping in Tia's hotel room. She says that, you know, the night she stayed over, they didn't have sex, but not because she wasn't into it or decided against it, but because she drank too much and had to throw up instead. So Tia agrees to take Nicole to her date, whatever, with Deontay. Um, and she also that she'll wait around until until Nicole is done talking about it. Nicole thought it was going to take just a little bit of time, but after a suspiciously long hour – like she said, it looked like it was morning time and then it said one hour later and it was nighttime. It was oh, very yeah. Noticed that too. Deontay gets there and uh, starts by like saying his piece. He knows that Nicole's been with both exes the past two nights and that's bullshit, especially since she and Tia like posted everything all over social media. <laughs> he asked directly if she has had sex with either of them and she just gets frustrated and starts going into eye rolling mode. And then they just start to bicker a while until Tia just like rolls up from behind him, says, hi, I'm Tia. God. She says she wants to talk to Deontay and is kind of surprisingly cool. She agrees that Nicole is acting like trash and that she's not going to try to get with Nicole as long as she as long as he is in the picture. Deontay is just kind of confused and looking around for more exes to just come up out of the woodwork. <laughs> and then somehow, like, it, it got really weird when Tia said that Deontay was a good looking guy, much better looking than his pictures. And he said that Tia was also a handsome gentleman. But anyway, at this point, Nicole is pretty much not part of the conversation, but Tia and Deontay come to the same conclusion. She needs to make a choice. Nicole is overwhelmed, so she and Tia go to have a private conversation, where Tia says, whatever, it's your choice. If you choose to be with him, I'll back off, but the ball is in your court. So Nicole comes back to have her tough conversation with Deontay, who just wants to know what he decided. And her decision is that she wants an open relationship. (laughs) And that is finally the last straw for Deontay, who says she's being ridiculous and walks away. After that, 
Nicole says all she wanted to do is have her cake and eat it too, and it shouldn't be that hard. So when Tia comes back, and it looks like Nicole's decision pretty much got made for her, even though she fully expects Deontay to come crawling back sooner or later. I thought we were done with them, but then they have to give us one of the absolute weirdest scenes, even in the history of this show, Uh, where Deontay and his friend Derek try to bring closure to his relationship with Nicole by giving the weird baby torso sex toy a Viking funeral. That was very bizarre. Even Derek says it's weird. He's glad it's over, but he doesn't trust Deontay's judgment in the future. Now, we get a title card with them at the end, and it implies that he's getting sucked back into the Nicole drama, but that Tia and Nicole are still together. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess that's the prediction. What do you think the storyline on Life After Lockup is going to be for them? Is he getting sucked back into it? Uh, Yeah, I think it's going to be maybe half of the season is a will they or won't they get back together again. Okay. Um, And then at some point they will because mm-hmm. I think she can continue playing him for a while as long as she's acting like things are exclusive but uh-huh. the problem is is i don't know if she can actually go through with that but then the other thing is i wonder how long deonte is really going to be okay with the no sex thing because that was the thing that he was the most upset about with like her proposing this open relationship like Hey, why has everyone had sex with you but me? And you're supposed yeah. to be in the open relationship with me? Especially because she was, he was like, I'm not going to come second. She was like, oh, no, you would come first. And he's still like, still had sex with everybody else in the open relationship. That makes me feel like I'm not coming first. <laughs> right, right. So, yeah, I just, I don't know how long he's going to put up with it. I could kind of see him also, if she comes back, he feeling like the ball's kind of in his court. And that he kind of has control of the situation. But the reality is, is that he is never going to have complete control of the situation. Because at the end of the day, they all know that she's the one calling the shots because he's so desperate. Right. Yeah. I mean, it. it but she is. And it's like, I don't know. It's, it's, it, it's just sad how, like, she's not even giving him anything to manipulate him with. I don't understand what he's getting out, what he thinks he's getting out of this relationship that... She is – she's just – she is calling the shots. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah. Like especially when she doesn't understand like – someone needs to explain to her the metaphor about have your cake and eat it too because <laughs> it is a metaphor for doing two things that you literally cannot do at the same time. Like, yeah. If you eat your cake, you no longer have it. That's how it's supposed to work, Nicole. But oh, like, my goodness. Yeah. It was – it just thought it was funny that she's like, I'm feeling so much pressure to make a decision. It's like, well – yeah, you have three people on the hook. Of course you have to make a decision. Like, and she, I don't know, the way she kind of tried to make this whole thing sound like she was the one in the tough spot. She was the one who was, had pressure from the outside. Like other people were doing her wrong by making her pick between the people she was all stringing along. Yeah, she kind of made it seem like Deontay was also the one who was specifically putting pressure on her because Tia was a little more chill about it. Oh, yes. Um, I was really confused why Tia just straight up lied to Deontay. Oh, no, nothing happened between us last night when, like, clearly something had. And trying to vouch for uh, vouch for her. And the only thing that I could think 
think of is she wanted to look like the hero to Nicole. Mm -hmm. So that way, when it came time to make a decision, Nicole would kind of see her as, oh, this is my chill hero. You know, like she's she's going to be my ride or die. Right. Right. Instead of crazy ass Deontay, who's like freaking out over here. Yeah. I mean, but I also think it was kind of, you know, I don't know if it's a hero thing, but it's definitely like, listen, if you I didn't get in your way, I didn't poison your relationship with Deontay. Right. Right. If you wanted to be with me, you had every opportunity to be with me. If you wanted to be with Deontay, you had every opportunity to do that. Because that's kind of what it looked like it was going to happen was when she first rolled up, she was going to be like, hey, I'm Tia. We totally hooked up last night. He, she's playing you, buddy, you know, and try to like kill that relationship. So, but yeah, but she totally did not do that. She was like, Nicole, well, it's your she, decision. And she went the other extreme because she could have yes. also just introduced herself. Like, hey, I'm Tia. I just want to make sure that Nicole's cool here. You know, like. Right. Yeah. And not have said anything. Yeah, just been like, like, there's no reason. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I just wanted to make sure everything was cool, you know, and if Nicole needed me, I just wanted to be here. Like, I felt like she could have played it that way as well. Mm -hmm. Okay. Let's talk about the weird funeral. Oh, my God. Okay. It's so weird. I am confused because wouldn't he need Nicole Jr. more than ever if the other Nicole is not here anymore? Uh, no, because that was his point of Nicole, at least not not by his story. Oh, is that like, he would be hooking up with randos? Is he could he could hook up with a lot of women. It was just that he was trying to stay faithful to Nicole, and that's why he needed the sex toy. Like if he didn't have to stay faithful to Nicole, he could just get whatever he wanted all the time. Uh, can he? Can he? No, no, no. Okay. If he could get whatever he wanted all the time, he would not be like going on these prison websites and spending so much money on people to beg them for sex and still not get it. Like yeah. so, oh my gosh. That's imagine what could what got me is all I could think of um is that um the smell. Oh my god, it had to smell. It was a silicone thing that they burned. It's like plastic. Yeah. Like it had to, I not that I've ever burned anything silicone. I just imagine it would be like terribly smelly. It was just weird and I think what was even more weird is the fact that they put it in that little coffin thing. Yes. And it's like it already looks like a severed limbed body. Yes. It's been decapitated. <laughs> and now you're going to stick this thing into a coffin. Look, that is so freaking weird. Like, it would be one thing if he decided to do that with, like, I don't know. I forget, a fleshlight or something like that. That doesn't actually look like a body or parts of a body. And it just seemed very, very weird. Yeah. It it was extra. It, I don't know who's. It had to be production's idea. I don't know, but Deontay seems to like lean into it, regardless if it's production's idea. It just makes yeah, him look weirder. He does. It makes him look so weird. Like yeah. And and the fact that Derek is like, he was like, I'm done. He's like, delete your number of your phone. He was like, I don't need to do that. That's not necessary. Uh, I know. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, speaking of relationships that are doomed or that have failed let's talk doug and rachel so rachel finds out that doug has been cheating on her from someone else so she throws the ring that he just bought her out the front door and eventually is trying to recover it the next day so that way she can try and sell it rachel tells us that doug's friend gary his wife messaged her to inform her that doug showed up to their house with some other woman 
Rachel then confronts Doug, who lies and says that Gary and his wife are just trying to ruin their relationship because they're struggling with theirs. But Rachel did her due diligence and messaged the woman that, you know, was supposedly cheating uh, with Doug and checked Doug's phone records, which all confirmed that Doug was cheating. Doug was so mad during this argument that he punched a glass cabinet door instead of Rachel's face because, you know, he loves her that much. Doug and Dougie Jr. cleaned out everything in a day and they were just gone before Rachel got back from her mom's house. Rachel is mindlessly cleaning the house and ranting and putting baloney in the cupboard. And uh, she's telling us, you know, she feels stupid and believing a fairy tale. She's convinced that everything was a lie. Doug and Dougie are both living in a camper on his sister's property. Rachel views Dougie as a son, so she would be open to adopting him. Doug thought that he was ready to settle down, but realized he's, he wasn't ready. Rachel plans on never dating a convict ever again. It ends up that Doug wanted to see how it would work out with someone he knew from before prison, and he claims he only talked to Rachel out of boredom. So it ends up he's with this woman that he knew before Rachel. During the update, we find out that Doug actually violated his parole and surprise, surprise, is back in prison. And it ends up that Dougie went back to live with Rachel. So happily ever after, at least for some of them. Yeah. Okay. Do you think that you would message your, oh gosh, I I had to pause there to your partner's friend's spouse that you've never met to tell them their partner was cheating on them. Uh, so I definitely think there was more to the story than that. Mm-hmm. I think this woman, you know, or the one that Gary's wife just referred to as skank. Yeah. So skank here, like really, really pissed off Gary's wife. Sure. I could see that. She did <laughs> not have nice things to say. And the fact that she said, you're not welcome in my house again. Yes, she said she's no longer welcome in my house. Was definitely like, all right, fine, I'm kicking you out. I'm texting his wife. Like, no, I'm oh, done. I'm just, sure. I'm burning it all down. Like, yeah. forget it. Yeah, um, that makes sense. Did the most she could, and I think that's why it came up. Not like, yeah, because I, I mean, Gary's wife, because it was like Facebook Messenger. It wasn't yes, even it was. like, um, it's not like their friends or have even met, right? Yeah, right, right. So I, I definitely think it was more along that than. I'm just looking out for you. Like, because there's certain people, yes, if I had a friend and I saw their partner with another woman, I'd be like, yo, dude, no. Like, I would absolutely do that. Right. Mm-hmm. But like your husband's friend's wife, your husband's friend, I guess. And his, would you tell his wife? That's a lot of steps removed. Right. And that's <laughs> what my point was is, you know, this isn't anything she owes to anyone. She's not their friend. You know, it, it now that you bring that up, I yes, definitely out of vengeance that this is happening, which should also tell you something. It kind of seems like this is not a classy lady, Doug. No. You're not choosing no. the classiest of ladies to bring as a guest to your friend's house where you have, <laughs> you know, adequately pissed off the wife. Right. I mean, yeah, it's it's I, I'm kind of disappointed we never got to see this woman because I think she's probably – Quite the piece of work, right? And yeah. Like, and but, oh man, like Doug's and and I feel bad because it seems like Rachel really knew how to how to how to figure this out. Like she really knew exactly what to investigate and how to get to the bottom of what was really right. going on, right? So it seems like this is like not her first rodeo and trying to figure this stuff out. 
But yeah. Oh man. Like that's like, you know, not that I have a lot of experience in it, but doesn't it, isn't that like the first like cheating mistake is like, don't use the phone. Don't use the same phone. You're supposed to get a burner or something. Like, <laughs> Yeah. But with what money, you know, this guy right. is like poor. So w- what is he going to get the, you know, burner phone with? Right. So, yeah. I just, but that definitely don't, you can't use the phone that's in your wife's name. Like, come right. on. <laughs> that, yeah. That just seems like a bad idea. I feel like you could, if you're really going to be pro about it just call you know payphones still exist i guess well i mean you don't even go crazy like that it's not we're we're making it harder than it has to be just like use telegram or something just don't use it in your text messages yeah yeah that's true (laughs) that's all you have to do it's like it's not it's it's yeah we're we're getting harder into it so it's like he's not putting and he's bringing it over to like his friend's house it's not like he's hiding her he's like yeah and and I wonder how much it kind of definitely makes me know because they kept showing it and showing it, showing it. That part where his sister was like, "Junior's a dog. He's a dog." Yeah. Like, did she know already? She might have known already. Possibly. Yeah, he. She could have possibly known who the girl is, mm-hmm. right? And known that they have like whatever kind of weird attraction relationship, and you know, just suspected. Yeah, because they kept coming back to like a few different like foreshadowings of it the junior is a dog and also like dougie being like i'm not like you i don't have a bunch of girlfriends yeah right which was yeah. like how would that then thinking about that it was a weird thing to say like when his dad literally just got out of prison right and like he didn't he not like he's grown up with his dad always having a bunch of women and out of the house his dad was in prison the whole time so where does this you have a bunch of girlfriends come from unless he knew and he's seen what's going on yeah, I felt really bad for Dougie. This is like the worst Ugh. case scenario, worst situation. Like you've been living, you know, in this house for however many months. Your dad gets out of prison. He's there for, I don't know, what was the timeline on this? Like a month maybe? Yeah, It wasn't like that, that long. And all of a sudden overnight, your dad is like being scary ass violent. He yeah. like punched in like a glass cabinet door. So I can only imagine like... There was probably blood and stuff everywhere. So mm-hmm. your violent dad, you're now forced to go live in a camper Who with your violent you out, dad. Yeah, to live in a camper with him. Like, yeah. oh my god, right? And that probably this, and probably this woman, like, right? Oh who yeah, Who burned knows? so many bridges that she's not welcome in Gary's house anymore. Right. So yeah, it just uh, it made me really sad, and then. Yeah, Rachel even said, you know, like, Doug was always about things, and so he cleaned out everything, including Mm -hmm. the gaming systems, and I thought it was just really sweet where Rachel said, well, you know, but the gaming systems were for Dougie Jr., and, like, I saw him as a son, so that's fine. They were a gift. Right. Right. They were hits. They were, she was like, they were hits. They weren't mine. Yeah. But, like, oh, man, poor kid. At least, I mean, at least at the end of the day, he he ended up at Rachel's. It's obviously the best place for him. Yes. And I mean, that's such an odd thing to be responsible for, right? Like, Mm -hmm. not saying that Dougie Jr. is a thing, but like, you know, a child that, you you know, it's not like it was a foster kid or like an adoption, like a single parent adoption. But Mm -hmm. she's like basically a single mom to someone that... You know, she's she's choosing this. And I think that really does make her an amazing person at the end of the day. She yeah, makes some questionable life decisions. It's definitely something that isn't as 
I wouldn't say isn't as uncommon as it should be where somebody ends up raising their ex's kid. Yeah. <laughs> because the ex is a mess. Right. right? And, and, and that's it, it probably happens more than it should, but it is it is, you know, it takes a big person to do that. Yeah. No, definitely. Because it's like, you know, I'm sure he just calls her mom at this point or it may just call her Rachel, you know, maybe not even have. Yeah, I don't I I, I think he's too old to like get to the point where he's going to call somebody else mom. Yeah, I don't even know what he would call. I don't even think at this point, I don't think he'll ever call Doug dad again. You're Doug. You're you're your junior. Like I, I could see that, too. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So going to let's just go to this. Let's go to Courtney and Josh. So Josh has taken to heart Courtney's need for him to show more love. So he's putting together a romantic scavenger hunt thing. Courtney gets home and she's, she is just beaming when she sees the post-it note heart that he's put on the front door. She goes through a lot of the clues which lead her to a new dress, which Courtney is not surprised to find shows off her boobs. And a nice bath, I guess? Anyway, after, the, after she changes into the dress, the hunt continues and it ends in a picnic that Josh has set up. And it literally brings Courtney to tears, even if she does call him a big dork for doing it. <laughs> he apologizes with his stupid arguing with her, and she apologizes for her nagging. Then they go to eat their big dills, and as they play a weird, like, dollar store knockoff Rihanna song, um, Courtney finds a ring that Josh got to replace the one he flushed down the toilet. I was a little confused because... It seemed like it was for her, but then they said it was the one he flushed down the toilet, which I thought was his ring. I don't know. Anyway, replacement yeah. ring. It, it was for him. Okay. Yeah. They remind us that Josh now has to go to parole at his cousin's house, so he'll be away from her for a little while. But, you know, nothing is going to stop them from being together. However, in the Toes and Title card, we read that Josh and Courtney are still married and to get in a relationship, but that he is back in prison for six months because he violated his parole. So I've... <sighs> feel like I know what happened in this, but how do you think Josh ended up violating his parole? Uh, my guess is some kind of substance abuse. Oh, see, my guess is he was at Courtney's house. Oh, you think so? That would be my guess. Hmm. Because he had to go live at his cousin's house. So if they, if he did a random call or whatever, and he was like at, at Courtney's house, he'd have been violating his parole. I don't know. She, okay, it seems to me that she is very much a rule follower. Well, okay. I say that, but we're also talking about the woman who decided to like date this guy in the first place. Yeah. Um, she went to prison for dating him. Yes. But uh-huh. she knows <laughs> what it takes to stay off of, you know, to be good in, in good standing on parole to then get off of parole. Right. Mm-hmm. So I feel like she wouldn't risk that. I know she wants to be together. Like, if anything, I would think that she, couldn't she still go over to the cousin's house and then she would violate her parole? I guess in theory, but I don't – it's also a lot of – I don't know how if he was – if she was at her house or if he slept at her house because that would be weird to have to go visit your husband at the your cousin's house and be like, you think maybe uh, you could leave for a little while? Yeah. Well, <laughs> no. OK, because this is what I kind of see happening. Like uh-huh. – Josh is at his cousin's house. He's not working. They're sitting around. Do some drugs. Yeah. You know? That could be it. And And I guess it was because it was a pretty short return to prison. Like the other one, the other people who violated their parole, they're just like indefinitely go back to prison, like whatever. And they were just like six months. Right. Right. So it seems like it's something that might not have been that serious of a violation, depending on on what it was. Yeah. Yeah. That would be my guess. How did you feel about – how did you feel about the scavenger hunt? Definitely not your cup of tea of things to do, I think. What do you mean? 
Oh, because because of my uh, I'm kind of against the idea of escape rooms. Yes. Yeah. You're <laughs> like. Yeah, I can't. I can't imagine the way to get to Miss H's heart is be like, I have puzzles for you. Like, no, that's not. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Um, actually, that's funny that you should say that. I had an ex one time that um had had this whole elaborate plan of putting together a scavenger hunt for me from uh, Valentine's Day, and he told me he was like, and we had partied the night before. So obviously this was in my 20s. Uh, we were the <laughs> night before so badly that he was incredibly hung over before. And so he told me, he's like, hold on. I Give me like two hours to set up the scavenger hunt and then we can like do it. And then it was like four hours later, he's like, I fell asleep. And then he's like, give me two more hours. <laughs> and then like four hours after that, I fell asleep again. I'm just really struggling right now. So this scavenger hunt never happened. But it actually, I remember at the time, like being like really touched, like, oh, it's so romantic. Like he had this whole thing. And so same thing. I thought the same thing um, with uh, what Josh did. I thought it was incredibly sweet, incredibly thoughtful, especially because it was in direct response of something that, you know, she had said that she had wanted and mm -hmm. you know I, I thought it was really really sweet oh yeah i thought it was the good a uh, the right move for her like right. she clearly was going to enjoy yes. that right? but i will say a couple of things about like some quick notes about his scavenger hunt one i was just like ah oh, bonehead courtney he's like place where things uh they want to we want oh to get God. spicier and she's like oh a spice cabinet it's just like the kitchen no, yeah, like <laughs> no haven't you been talking about how you want to have more sex and he's trying to like be responsive to that it's just like ah oh, bonehead courtney the other thing where i have to say bonehead josh is only a man would pick a dress to wear dress and heels for a woman to wear at a picnic to walk outside in a picnic oh and gosh. sit down on the ground. You're yeah. killing me here. Just like, <laughs> all right. Women do not want to wear like cocktail dresses to a picnic. Well, and it's uh, – it, it, it might have been okay if he was like dressed up. If yes. she came out there and he was like in a tux or something or a nice suit. But he right. was just like, it is normal clothes. Like, this is chilling. <sighs> He's like, I want to look at your boobs. Boob dress. Boob dress. Yeah. But it also <laughs> kind of makes it seem very like, um, you know, here you are an object for me to, you know, oogle like just sure. randomly during sure. this random casual picnic. So I don't know. It's just something weird about that. I was like, stupid men. Why do you guys do stuff like that? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. Uh, moving on to maybe another stupid man, Stan. Stan and Lisa. So we find out more about Stan's finances, including the fact that he makes about 130000 a year without really having to work because technically he's retired. His friend Dash comes over so they can go pick up Lisa's car. It ends up that the car will be in both of their names. Dash feels like Stan's really acting naive, especially since uh, Stan paid off all of Lisa's parking tickets and is buying her this car. Stan thinks that he can afford to take a chance, even though Lisa is back at the house, just kind of, I don't know, casing the joint. Oh, my God. That definitely what it looked like. Yes. <laughs> Stan and Lisa are cleaning the house, preparing for Lisa's brother to visit. Lisa's brother, Rick, and Lisa's godmother, Debbie, are both over. Stan says he isn't nervous about this visit because he, think that he thinks that he's a likable guy. Stan has no idea what Rick really thinks, and Rick thinks that basically he's a piece of shit. 
Rick sits down with Stan alone and confronts him about how Stan threw Lisa's clothes outside. Rick basically threatens Stan and tells him that he's got to treat her right. And Stan basically is like a big, you know, big baby about it and just is groveling. Oh, I'm so sorry. I'll never do that again. Uh, Debbie also shares the same concerns as Rick with Lisa. Lisa tells Debbie that she's finally using her looks to her advantage and has gotten about $13,000 from Stan. Debbie seems a little proud, and Lisa (laughs) thinks that maybe she has this sugar baby thing figured out. Stan, uh... Then, oh, sorry, during a commercial break, Lisa teaches us how to make a strap-on with items you can find in prison and also tells us how she slept with multiple women, including someone just a week before her release. Mm -hmm. During the update, we find that Stan is planning to propose soon and Lisa is continuing her secret relationship. All right. I feel like, and I was going to ask you this before we got started, did I miss a scene? Was there something about her secret relationship? No. Why is this coming up all of a sudden? There was like, yeah, there was the like last time when she said, oh, you know, there's things I'm not telling Stan, but they didn't, right. we don't know who she's been texting. Okay. And we kind of speculated that it wasn't as big of a deal as they kind of made it up to be, that it could be that she was just texting her son, you right. know. But so it's like secret relationship. This is coming yeah, out of this, left field. This one made it sound like it was exactly what they were implying it was. And there is some sort of like – you know, romantic relationship going on and she's she's just taking Stan for his straight jacket and money, I guess. Right. Which is what my actual question was for you. It's do you think Lisa would still be there if there's no money, if you think that no, she's really no. trying to hustle this guy? Yeah, I think I think she's like she'll take what you can get out of it. Like mm-hmm. like then that's fine if 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 you know he has fun. But I, I definitely don't think she would be there if there was no money. Yeah, and you know, quite honestly, I don't feel bad about – I don't feel bad for either one of them in this situation They've because – seeking arrangements. Yeah, like, exactly. And I kind of feel like – and we've talked about this so many times. As long as both of you are on the same page about the fact that it's a transactional relationship, I really don't have any particularly, particular sympathy for either one when things go south. You know, Mm -hmm. and I feel like that's what the situation is. Like Stan, I think, has already in his mind accepted that he will be out the money that he has paid if this goes south. And Lisa, on the other hand, uh, you know, I feel like she knows that it could be a volatile situation and that Stan could go psycho at any moment. And then she, you know, she's just ready to steal all his baseball stuff and leave. Right. So it's just kind of like. and And then call Rick. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. To be the muscle. Sure. Yeah, exactly. Um, because, I mean, Stan was terrified. Definitely afraid of Rick. <laughs> so terrified. <laughs> Just terrified. Yeah. I mean, not that I wouldn't too. He he didn't. I mean, he was like a decent sized guy, but like yeah. the way he carried himself, you're just like, oh, sure. This dude is capable of anything. Like, right. I would not mess with this dude. Plus, I'm sure from Stan's perspective, he knows that he's, you know, t- he's a tough guy. Like, this guy went to prison multiple times. Right. Right. And he, even Lisa was like, you taught me how to cook some good meth. Like, okay. Like, yeah. This, is <laughs> this guy is bold figured, and he yeah. seems shit. So, yeah. Yes. So, yeah. Like, you, you, at least Stan is smart enough to not have any illusions about like what's going on there. He's not like, well, I don't care if we came to I could talk to you. Because he's okay. just used to this other world where he can threaten people with his money. 
Right, right. And then this this getting thrown to this world where it's like, oh, no, this guy doesn't care about my about, – he's not threatened by my money. He'll actually hurt somebody. Right, right. And uh, although Stan does have illusions apparently about everybody just liking him. I don't know why he thinks he's so likable. Yeah, he doesn't – he's not. <laughs> he isn't. Like I would never want to be friends with this guy. It seems like all no. he talks about is how much money he has. And it's like who wants to, you know, be around someone who seems to have such an entitled, like inflated sense of self. Like those people are like annoying to be around. Yeah. And it's like, oh, well, that, yeah. That's, oh, here's an interesting conversation about my house. Let's go look at all the expensive baseball paraphernalia that I own. Like, yeah, my, my apartment smells of mahogany and things, you know. Like, yeah. <laughs> leather books and rich mahogany like it's like you're right he's just that's all we've seen him talk about or unless he's talking about the other favorite thing for you for men to talk about his cat oh gosh no his cat his weird sex dungeon it's like i don't even know what i talk to this man about wine like i don't even know yeah, yeah i wouldn't i wouldn't I, I don't I'd have, I'd have trouble holding the conversation with the guy oh my I don't gosh like baseball that much. plus another thing is too his voice really annoys me he's got like a villain voice. That's, doesn't it it's kind of like this is the best i can do that's it's how like, i would imagine like uh you know if you had a cartoon character that was a villain like he's mm-hmm. the guy who would voice it i can see that i can see that yeah. all right moving on to other villains let's talk about anissa and jeff so Anessa hasn't yet brought up Jeff's secret with him because she knows about the kid because she was raised to bury her feelings deep down inside and never discuss them ever. God. Anyway, she does leave – she leaves to go flower shopping with Penny and Jeff suspects that something is up with Anessa because, you know, especially after he finds that she changed the password to the laptop. So he goes out on a hunt which ends up at a dresser because she's always weird about him going near the dresser. Anyway, in her underwear drawer, he finds a phone. Then we switch over to Anessa and Penny at the flower shop where Anessa and it talks about her concerns. The amount of money Jeff is spending online using her debit card that she takes out of her, her purse and him having a kid that she hasn't told him about yet. Penny doesn't get why Anessa still wants to marry this dude, um, especially someone who's lying to her all the time. But then we jump back to the phone and Jeff finds, well, first he notices that all the contacts in the phone are all dudes. Which, including Kyle, by the way. The second thing he notices is that there are like sexy pictures on the phone that were taken recently. So he just jumps to the conclusion that Anessa and Kyle have definitely had sex. So then we come to another day when Kyle and his girlfriend are on their way over. And they're having one of those, what's wrong? Nothing's wrong. I know something's wrong. Nothing's wrong. Type fights. (laughs) Until they both kind of spill the things they know. Jeff asks her to tell him what's going on between Kyle and... And Anessa says that she knows he has a kid and also that Kyle told her that. So when Kyle pulls up, Jeff goes outside to kick his ass, but first stalks around the property as security tries to hold him back. Anessa just stays inside for this whole thing because it's for them to figure out. Eventually, Jeff hits on the right phrasing that makes Kyle bust out of the car. And then Jeff breaks free of security and gets uh, he gets some good looks in before he knocks Kyle down and gets pulled away by security. So Anessa is worried that the cops are going to get called, which would send back Jeff back to the halfway house. Now, in the aftermath of all this, Kyle says he'll shoot Jeff in the head. And then they switch to Jeff, who's just like breaking large pieces of wood in half. And then Kyle pulls off and Jeff comes back into the house and explains the whole kid thing and says that he found her other phone and and that they um, had been together when she was sending pictures. 
She then explains that those pictures were sent um, during the period after he stood her up one of the two times he stood her up, and she didn't think they'd be getting back together. And she was really sad, which for some reason is a surprise for Jeff. Like, I didn't know you felt sad when I stood you up and broke up with you. Oh, my God. Anyway, they, they talk about the future and then about building trust or whatever and blah, 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 blah. So at the end of his show, we are told that Jeff is back in the halfway house after a parole infraction. And Anissa is still waiting there to marry him. So, why is she with this dude again? I have no freaking idea. I don't get it at all. Um, I don't understand why her and Kyle aren't together. I feel like they maybe do have a thing for each other. I mean, she did explicitly said that her and Kyle have never even attempted to kiss each other. Yes, and I believe that. And maybe in her mind, he's definitely in the friend zone. Yes. But it seems like Kyle does, like, he does seem overly into her. Mm -hmm. And so, and then plus, uh, okay, first of all, then I was very confused because I always thought that Kyle was married. Wasn't he wearing a wedding ring? And I felt like he had referred to his wife. And so now that she's whoever has been demoted or he just has a new girlfriend, it's like, wait, you have a girlfriend? I thought you had a wife. And then if it was the person that was in the car with him, it was kind of like you barely got a good look at her. But she – I don't know. She didn't even really look very feminine at all. Oh, yeah. I couldn't – I couldn't – I didn't even pay attention to the person in the car. Um I was too busy looking at him being like, I'm going to shoot him right here. Like it was – I mean I don't know how that was going to end any other way. Like and they clearly knew it was going – they brought – like it didn't say like production or anything. It literally said security. Like this is security that's holding Jeff back. Yeah. Well, okay. That was another weird thing. Why did they get a skinny guy doing security? Yeah. Where was the big big bouncer guy from 90 Fiance? Yeah. And then why was a security guy dressed exactly like Kyle? Because at one point I was like, wait, wait, which one's – oh, the skinny one's uh, the security guy. Yeah, Kyle. But they were wearing the exact same thing. They were both wearing jeans, a plaid shirt, and a hat. Mm-hmm. And since well, they I mean, were blurred the out too his face, like, you couldn't tell. You'd think if they had the skinny guy, he'd be able to move quick enough to to stay in front of Jeff because Jeff's a big dude, yeah. right? Like, but no, Jeff Jeff outran him and, and and got to Kyle and everything. It was um, it was it was something. I mean, it was I don't know. I mean, clearly Jeff won the better of that exchange in terms yeah. of fighting because that's I'm a guy, and so I always notice that like who won the fight? Who won the fight? <laughs> and like, but yeah, I mean. But it was just because the same reason everybody ever wants to fight. The person who wins a fight is the person who wants to fight more, right? Because they'll actually throw the punch and they won't like try to back down or just grapple or anything like that. And Jeff really wanted to fight. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just found their whole interaction very annoying. Like Mm -hmm. they were trying to, you know, like give each other the space to tell the truth. But right. the other, but they, but they knew that the other person was keeping a secret from them. So they were kind of like, no, I feel like you have something to tell me. I feel like you no, I feel like well, you no, have something to tell me. Yeah, well, that was um, that was Anessa was that um, that 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 she did that was that parent stuff, that parent thing, right? Yeah. Hmm, is there anything you want to tell me? And then you have to rack your brain. And it's like, oh crap, there's like five things I don't want them to find out. Which one do they know about? <laughs> they clearly know about one of them oh and I'm gosh. supposed to come clean about it. But there's other things that I don't know which one they want me to say anything about. 
Yeah, but I just felt like it was just this toxic cycle of like just, you know, avoidance because then it kind of comes out that, you know, he claims like, oh, the only reason why I didn't tell you about my child was because you were acting all distant. Well, I Mm -hmm. was acting all distant because you were hiding this child from me. And it's just like, oh, my gosh. Yeah, I just wanted it to be in a better place. Like, it was always going to be an easy excuse whenever she did find out to be like, yeah. I swear I was going to tell you. I was going to tell you just, just tomorrow. I had, I had everything set up to tell you tomorrow. Like, yeah. But I don't know. And then the phone thing is weird, too, because the it was like. The phone thing is super weird because it still doesn't explain anything. Like, why does she even have this phone where it's, you know, he didn't have to charge it or anything. It's It's yeah. one thing if it was like a phone, you know, that you're like. Um, you know, haven't used in a while because you haven't been like messaging people. If it was that kind of phone, you wouldn't have been able to power it up so easily. Right. Because it had been dead in her drawer for yeah. months. Yeah. Right. Right. But even it even seems suspect to have the weird burner phone that you just used to send lingerie pictures to prison guys. Like, right. I, don't, I don't know why she wasn't doing that on her regular phone. Like, yeah. And then you're right. Kept it charged and, and also hit it. Like, yeah. And so it's definitely more suspect than the way she kind of goes, well, I was sad because you left me. Right, right. Because, yes, you're right. Because it's like, well, if that was really the thing, like you put it in a somewhat accessible place. Right. Right. This isn't like in some at the back of some junk drawer or something like that, you know, where you're like, oh, yeah, I haven't seen this in a no, while. I just chucked that somewhere. I don't know. Yeah, I wasn't even thinking about it. But, yeah, the fact that you put it like hide it in your underwear. And then he's right because he was always she was always like, what are you looking at? What are you looking at the dresser for? Like yeah. that's so I he's smart enough to know that like he's smart enough to know when he's on to something. Right. Gosh, that's like the only credit we can give him. Fair enough. Yeah. Because <laughs> speaking of a uh, random fashion note, like he does not seem like the kind of guy who would even have any interest in wearing Gucci pants. Gucci pants? Yeah. No. He dresses like a slob. Like I don't even want to say a bum. He just dresses like a slob. Yeah. I mean, he. he I, He's wearing pajama pants half the time, for the love of God. Yeah, and that pant, pajama pants don't fit. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, I, I'll take that back because I don't have that. I, I don't have that kind of build where he has that really big gut that mm. kind of like flops over. Yeah. Like, I don't think there is any. If you have that, it's. I don't think there's possible to get pants that stay up because his never do. Right, Like, right. he got in that fight and his underwear were showing. Like, he was – they just fall, slide right down. Does Gucci but, even make pants in that size? I don't know. They have to, I don't know. I don't even know what size it is. I, it depends on if he goes over the stomach or like, you know, does that fat guy thing where he like puts it under and lets the stomach flop over the belt. Oh, goodness. I don't know. Yeah. I'm, I, I'm thankful. For <laughs> okay. Uh, let's move on to our last couple, Brittany and Ray. So Brittany is trying to prepare Ray for meeting her family. So she asks him to wear pants so he can hide that ankle monitor and basically tells him how to dress. Brittany is planning to ambush her dad and sister by telling them that Ray is inside. She meets them as soon as they get out of the car and tells them, hey, Ray's here, and invites them inside to meet him. Brittany's dad, Roland, asks him about his plans for work. Uh, He's most concerned that Brittany gets herself in an abusive relationship again. Brittany then drops the bomb that Ray has actually moved in. Roland tells him not to take advantage of Brittany and not to waste her time. Ray says his family will also keep him accountable. Overall, everyone feels good about the meeting, even though Roland has a wait-and-see attitude about Ray. Brittany and Ray uh, 
finally get to go out on a date because Ray has his ankle monitor off. Uh, Brittany's trying to talk about the future with Ray. This includes when they are going to plan on having a baby, which Brittany thinks should be within a year. Ray wants to wait about three years to get married, and he's starting to get real nervous by this conversation. Ray is okay with having a baby before marriage, but Brittany wants everything right now. During the update, we find out that Ray has got a job and plans on meeting uh, Brittany's mom soon, and Brittany is hoping for a proposal. Okay, so it's very clear that they have two different timelines. Brittany wants to do it the traditional way, uh, have a proposal, be engaged, get married, then have a baby. Ray uh-huh. is kind of, he's on he's okay with the idea of having a baby in a year. That's not scary to him for some reason. Um, but for some reason, the idea of marriage is very scary to him or in his mind requires more preparation. So right. He wants to put that off for like three years. Three years. Yes. Yeah. So what is Mm -hmm. your prediction of what actually will be the timeline of their proposal? Oh, geez. I don't know because that's a pretty – that sounds like a pretty non-reconcilable thing. I think they might split the baby and he'll propose but they'll have one of those like super long engagements where they end up having a baby while they're fiancés. I think I could see that happening. Yeah. Right, where she's like, well, at least I got his commitment to be married. I mean, it's definitely an attitude I will never understand that, like, getting married to someone is a bigger commitment that requires more time and, and thought and, and care than having a child with them. Yeah, That's- that confuses me because that – I think that gives you more obligation to each other than yes. a marriage because people get divorced. You can't undo a kid. Right. And so that that's the part of me. I'm not like, oh, no, traditionally, this is how it's done. You must be married before you have right. kids. I don't even on that. I'm just like, yeah, having a kid with somebody seems like a whole lot more of a commitment than being just marrying them. <laughs> yeah, agreed. I don't know. Yeah, for the most part, I would say that they were one of the couples that I kind of felt like pretty good about you know like if we never and you know and we always say kind of the boring couples are kind of like probably the most stable couples so maybe that's like you know good for them but i don't think they're making an appearance on you know life after lockup anytime soon i think they'll kind of continue living their life like the way they're living it without too much drama on their part i think the most we'll kind of see is you know kind of this disagreement of you know when Things, major life events should happen. But I want to say that that's just like normal couple yes. drama. Yes. I mean, that, there's a lot of this where it was, yeah, definitely one of the ones you come across these kind of couples where it's like, this is just like normal couple stuff. This isn't yeah. like life after lockup. How do you deal with somebody who was in prison stuff? This is just right, like, right. when do we have a baby and when do we get married? That's normal couple stuff. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. All right, so that is all of our couples, and this was our season finale, so we will end with uh, power rankings. Yes, power rankings. So I- we list everyone 1 to 12 from least garbage number one to most garbage number 12. Like yes. The people we like the best are number one. And the people we like the least are number 12. And these are all our own opinions, and we'll give you reasons why, defend our stance a little bit. But uh, sometimes Mr. Reno and I agree. I think we might be off by one or two on a couple of these. Yeah, I think everybody's going to be bunched together. We'll be close. I'd be surprised if we were off by more than two or two spots on basically anybody, honestly. Yeah. Well, 
I don't know. I think my middle part. Maybe, maybe. maybe. Well, let's start at the beginning. My number one's Rachel. Yeah. I mean, I kind of assumed <laughs> yours would be Rachel as well. I mean, okay, let's forget about the whole Dougie Jr. adoption thing because that Well, that put in her over itself, the top for me. Yeah. yeah that yeah. in itself would put her at number one. The thing, the thing that really, even if that didn't happen, she would be my number one. The reason why is she is the only person on this entire show who is like, you know, this terrible thing happens and her lesson out of this is never date a convict. Like, <laughs> yes, you get it. I feel like that's the moral of this whole show right. in general. She didn't, is, even need, she didn't even need the th- third strike. She right. had two strikes and it was she like, was like oh, no, okay, I'm not doing that. it. You know, and I kind of feel like she has learned her lesson. I also liked that, you know, once she found out he was cheating, she was very decisive about I do not need this in my life. I'm done mm-hmm. with him. He, you know, doesn't have another chance. Whereas on the other end of this, you have Deontay, who's kind of like hemming and hawing over like, oh, well, maybe it's not over. You know, like I could see yeah. there be, you know, it's like Rachel's like, nah, we're not we're not doing that. Well, I mean, I, I, I think the cheating was put her most of the way there. But when he punched out the cabinet, she yes. was like, nope. that was over top. That's done. Right. We're, done we're now. not endangering me. We're not endangering uh-huh. this child. Yeah. All yep. right. Who was your number two? My number two was Ray. Oh, mine was too. Yeah. All right. I mean, he was good. He did, he did everything. He he had things that he wanted. He gave Courtney, the, Brittany, the things that she wanted. And he his, his the things that he asked for, he wasn't – he asked for them. You yeah. know, had a civilized uh, discussion about everything that he wanted. And they were eminently reasonable. Yes. Like, I feel like I should be introduced to your parents now. Right. Like, and you need to do that. Like, and everything was calm. There was nothing over the top or crazy or he didn't – act any weird ways or anything like that. So I, I, that's right. That puts him at the top of this list. Right. Okay. So I will also add the reason why Ray was so far up for me was for the love of God, I think he's also the only convict on this show or, you know, ex-con that actually got a job. <laughs> he did get a job. <laughs> that's right. And he wanted to get a job from the beginning. But yes. like, let him talk a big game about getting a job, but he right. got a job. Yeah. Well, okay. He talked a big game about wanting to start his own business, which is fine. But, you know, and I could – and we see this all the time. It's like people have these aspirations of what they want to do and nothing else is going to compare to it. So they just don't even try, right? So sure. we've seen this happen so many times where it's like, well, I want to be my own boss. So I'm going to start my own business. I'm not going to work for you. I'm just not going to get a job. It's like he's at least getting a job. As if you don't have to have a job and like learn how businesses work and figure it out. He doesn't want to do it. I just just want to have a business. And it's like, well, you can't just wish that into being. So, yeah, good point. Good point. Yes. So. All right. My number three was Courtney. Okay. She was my number four. So. Okay. Not far off. Yeah. I just, I mean, she loses points for. I mean, I guess the whole point, reason they're together and the way she went to jail for dating an inmate. Yes. But, but other than that, she just tried to make it work and she just did her did her thing. And I can't think of anything really egregious she did in the course of the season. Right. You know? Sure. And she had legit concerns that, that were being unmet. And so she just I – mean, there you go. Okay. So I thought about my three, which was Brittany, in comparison to Courtney – and they both had like a bit of a lie, right? So Brittany's sure. whole drama was that she lied to her family about various things. And I mean, she eventually fessed up. I think the reason why Courtney ranked a little bit lower is because even though they both were lying, 
Courtney was dumb enough to kind of think that her weird lies were going to like really fool people like the wigs trying to show up to work like in different wigs pretending <laughs> to be different people. It's That's like, true. yeah. So it's kind of like of the two lies, I think Courtney's was stupider. And okay. so and plus Courtney's lie landed her in jail, whereas Britney's yeah. lies did not. Now, Britney's yeah, guess- lies are a little bit more personal because they are with her family versus like, you know. The right. system, so I, I guess. So so I went the other way on those. Brittany is my number four. Yes, I figured. And I just feel like she got punished more because her lies happened on the show, whereas mm-hmm. Courtney's lies happened like pre-show. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> and so that was kind of like she actually did bad things on the show. Yeah. And it wasn't like terrible, terrible things, but we did get those, um, you know, those kind of vibes. It's like, oh, is she going to like just try to control everything that's going on here? And she's mm-hmm. still – has a little bit of trouble like kind of letting go of that. No, the information flow must be through me as I move all the pieces into place like she's a puppet master or something. Yeah. So yeah. that's why I put her just a little bit lower. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so what about your number five? My number five was Josh. Mine also. <laughs> yeah. Because um, well, we, and because the bad things he did, I mean, that's part of it. And we, they're is, bad. Is, We're not saying And they were not. bad, but it was like – I think it was pretty clear he was struggling with depression. Yes. Right? Yes. And 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 so that kind of stuff makes it a little bit harder to like blame him right. or put him lower yeah. for the things that he did. And, you know, he – but he also had his bright spots too. Right? Like right. The, the, like the scavenger hunt and he, he really seemed to at, you know, times, especially at the beginning and during that, really have affection for Courtney, which is more than we can say for – Many of the people. Yeah. And I kind of felt, too, his heart was always – he always seemed like they were in the right place. And there Mm -hmm. was just always something – either he's just a really good actor, but he just always seemed very, like, genuine and naive in that, like, giddy, like, you know, school boy kind of way. You know, he just – especially, like, when he first got out, it was just, like, he was so excited about, like, a burger, you know? Mm -hmm. And it was just something Mm -hmm. so, like – sweet and authentic about like just him yeah yeah totally agreed agreed all right what about your number six my number six was anessa okay mine was two sure just because i mean she just is too dumb to be in the top five yes yes i agree (laughs) that's exactly what i was gonna say i was gonna say she's dumb but she's kind of neutral like she didn't do anything bad really I mean, except I guess having really that phone. Yeah. yeah, except for be really, really stupid. Like pick one of one of the worst partners here. Uh-huh. You know, someone who has lied to her, has had right. a track record of well, lying. Well, that's the to thing her. too, is not only she picked him, she picked him after he did yes. the garbage things to her. Right, right. Right. It wasn't it wasn't like Rachel who ha- who also picked a terrible person, but like as soon as he showed his actual true colors, she was like, You're Done. out, you're gone. Yep. Bye. Yeah, definitely. All right. Uh, what about your number seven? All right. Still going with the dumb people. I'm with Deontay now. Okay. He's because not too he, far away. He was super dumb. Yeah. Like super, super dumb, but was still, you know, the one being taken advantage of mm-hmm. rather than the one maybe doing the advantage. Now, he definitely loses spaces for being weirdly gross with Yuck. Nicole Jr. Yuck. and the begging for sex and stuff. So. Definitely moves him down on my list. That's mm-hmm. why he's below Anessa. But I feel like everybody who I have below him were all worse in that they were actively doing bad things and trying to make bad things happen. Yeah. So I actually had Deontay as my number eight. 
Um, mostly because this is an idiot who will never learn his lesson. It's mm-hmm. like you're basically dating Chelsea 2.0 and yeah. you don't see it even though you have an amazingly blunt and like to the <laughs> point and hilarious friend Derek who is telling you all this and you just you don't get it even though it's like right in front of you. So that's why Deontay was my number eight. But going back to who my number seven was, uh, my number seven is actually Lisa. So my thing with Lisa is that, you know, I, I ranked her a little bit higher because I feel like this this girl knows what she's doing. And we kind of had talked about it before. Like, it's very clear and obvious that Lisa and Stan have a transactional relationship. So Mm -hmm. it's hard for me to really get on either one of them if they are, you know, fulfilling kind of their part and their expectations are, you know, what they are, you know. And Lisa never really kind of deviated from that too much, right? Yeah, so so, Yeah, I mean, my Lisa was eight for me. Okay. Right, so right, right, right there for next one. And it's like, I, I just put her below Deontay because I feel like she, yes, transactional relationship, but she was also making sure this setup was working for her mm-hmm. in that she had whatever the secret relationship is. And at the same time, it's probably it's a editing thing, but at the same time we're hearing about this secret relationship and this, you know, I'm taking it for $13,000. She also has her brother in there intimidating him. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. And so it's, it's, and so I'm like, uh, she's, she's playing a game too. Like she's, she's working this angles. Right. At the same time, I feel like, um, maybe it's just she's testing the waters right now, but mm-hmm. she is not asking for nearly the stuff that like someone oh, like a true. Nicole is asking for. That's true. Right. Uh-huh. Like Stan chose to buy a nicer car, but they had talked about a five thousand dollar car. Right. You know, so it's kind of like I don't and given as much money and given even Stan's idea about, you know, like I'm just willing to kind of just call it a loss at the end of the day. Like she is not asking for like an excessive amount of money. That's true. That's yeah. true. All right. What about your number nine? I think we're on. Yeah, we're on number nine, so okay. my nine is Stan. Oh, mine is two. I mean, he falls just a little below Lisa because he did some nasty things. Oh, yeah, he and turned on a dime. Turned on a dime. Said nasty stuff to her. Said nasty things to her. Uh, yeah, said, I raised my kids right. Yeah, just that yeah, kind of stuff. Like, stuff. Just, just gross, gross stuff in the way he talked about it. And then, and then just the way he's always talking about, oh, God, would you take me into the basement? We have yeah. lots of. Sexual time. It's like, oh, gross. God, get out of here, oh. Stan. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. Okay, that brings us to 10. All right, so we're going well so far. I got Jeff. I got Jeff 10. as well. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I mean, he was just a bad dude. It, but it, but the thing is, is, he was so obviously bad. You know, yeah. like, the difference between Jeff and, like, who are going to be our 11 and our 12 is, like, yeah. Jeff was very transparent about what a terrible guy he was. Like, there were no real secrets. The one real secret he had wasn't even something that someone could really truly be mad about. Like, Anessa was mad that he kept the secret in the first place, but the secret was pretty neutral at, you know, worst. You know, it wasn't like this terrible, like, you know, he's not hiding another lover, you know, he's not cheating on her. Right, it's nothing he's actively even doing. right? Right, right. So, but, and so, like, all the stuff he does was, like, just upfront terrible, 
You yeah. get what you see, which I'm was all take, those Amazon packages. Amazon on the, packages. Yeah, yep. that were just sitting on the porch, like, you know, so it's just like he she knew he was spending all the money and it mm-hmm. was on Anessa for like not stopping that gravy train. Yeah, after he after he stood her up twice. Yeah. Come on. That's like, yeah, just just bad. Right. Just bad all around. Okay. All right. So we have the same last two. Same uh, last two. Let's see how we ordered them. Who did you have for 11? I had Nicole at 11. I did too. Wow. We, this is, I think, the <laughs> closest our power rankings have ever gone at in all the times that we've done this with the uh, our other show too. Yeah. Um, I mean, just – I mean, the part the worst part about Nicole is she was lying to everybody. Yes. Us, her mom. Yes. Tia, Zach, like the sleeping herself. with all these people, like not sleeping with Deontay, trying to get all this stuff. But I from really Deontay. love Deontay. I know it's like no one believes you. Come on, stop. Yeah, yeah. And so she was just all out, like the worst case scenario for what you get. What people are it's kind of like what all the friends are always warning people about yeah. in the show. I think she's just taking advantage of you for your money. Like, no, she's not. Like, that's exactly what she was doing. Right, right. Okay, so that leaves us with number 12, Doug. Um, number 12 is Doug. I mean, that was a – he wouldn't have been number 12 before this last episode. No. No, I don't – no, yeah, I, I don't know if I he would, been would low. refer to me. Yeah. He'd have been low, but not not number 12. It's, but as soon as the – he was cheating on her the entire time. Right. Came out and then the violence and then telling her – I only didn't. I only didn't punch your face because I loved you. No, yeah, dude, no. no. You're that. That's you're a terrible person. Right. Fundamentally ridiculous. terrible. Yes. So, yeah. <sighs> Agreed. Okay. So, um, did you come up with a life lesson? Oh no! I always forget to do that. When we I have know. Power whenever rankings. we do power rankings, that's why I asked. Yeah, I'm just gonna <laughs> say don't. Burn silicone. That yeah, sounds like a that, terrible that's idea. A excellent life lesson. Uh, <laughs> so my life lesson was take a tip from Rachel. If you've dated one convict and it didn't work out, let's not actively look for another one. You know, when I look at this cast, you know, it's like a lot of these people were dating their second conv- uh, convict. Yeah. You know? And the only one that was like successful, I would say, is Ray and Brittany. But I think in both of her circumstances, her ex-boyfriend and Ray, she did not date. She did not meet them on some prison website. She right. met them in a very like, quote, normal way that it just so happened that they were. That she found out later. Right. Oh, you're in prison. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, but everyone else, it's like. You know, come on, everyone. Like, let's learn your lessons here. Right? Ugh. Yeah, that's a good one. All right. So leaving off here next week, we're still back next week. Yes. Because we're rolling right into life after lockup. Yeah. So we'll see a couple of these couples. Uh, Lisa Stan, I saw, was on the preview. Yep. Saw Nicole and uh, Deontay. And did we see anyone else from this? Uh, those are the only two I know yeah, of. Yeah, yeah. So we're, sometimes we're surprised. Remember last season they brought in – What's her face and what's her face? Oh, puppy and Amber. John, no, John and uh, Christiana. Like they weren't at the beginning, and then they were just uh, they just showed up in the middle. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yes, so we might not have them um, in the trailer. I I would think it would be interesting for them to have Anessa and Jeff on again. Um, sure. You know, just because of you know the nature of their relationship, and you know, but I I. It was kind of unclear if, you know, what was going on with them because it kind of sounded circumstantial 
that they weren't mm-hmm. still like together. Oh right, right, but, right. You but know, if he's in the halfway know. house, what are they going to be filming? It's it's, it's yeah, part of it too. True too. Yeah, so I could see them coming like mid season if he gets out of the halfway house or something. You know. Sure. Yeah. All right. So we'll be back for everybody then. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. See you then. Okay. All right. Bye. bye.